Hi guys, welcome back to another Badish episode with your host, Nyan Z, where this week Badish stands for Badish at Heteronormative Relationships. This week, it's the beginning of our relationship mini-series, which is going to be going on for the next four or five weeks. And we're super excited to have a bunch of um, guests coming on for these episodes for you guys. So... Right now, we have one of my dearest friends on the podcast with us today. Um, she's one of my really good friends. I've known her since like first form. In yeah, my we were like secondary like school. We were in like first form together, and the friendship has just maintained itself throughout the year. So I'm gonna let Z say hi to you guys, and then I'm gonna let Rosie introduce herself, plug her social media if she feels like, and then we can dive into today's topic. Hello. Hi. Hi, Z. Hi. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> okay. Uh, hi, I'm Rosie. Um, my name on Instagram is Freckles, but it's spelt weird. And it's also private, so you can't find me. Um, <laughs> I'm very, very gay, but I'm also very queer. And I just kind of, I'm exploring my sexuality as everyone is. It's not a stagnant thing. And I say that my three like personality traits are that I'm gay, I'm Trini, and I'm a vegan. So that's it. Like that's all I have. Those are my three things that I tell everybody. Okay, great. Today's topic that we're starting off the relationship series, um, mini series with is sex and sexuality. And so we have a couple things that we really want to cover today. Um, but we're gonna start off with how everybody identifies since it um is very applicable to today's episode and how we may or may not view certain situations based on our orientation. Um, Rosie just gave you guys her orientation. Um, so she got that out of the way. I am, as most people know, but if you don't, I'm bi. And uh, I am queer, I suppose. That's just like a very broad overview of my sexuality. But I feel like in general, sexuality is really fluid. And so I generally don't choose to identify. It's just that when trying to explain your sexuality to other people, it's sometimes easier to use terms that they might understand. So Mm -hmm. bisexual and queer would be my uh, markers. Cool. And then I definitely identify as straight. So I'm the most boring one here, but that's fine. Love that. We'll get through it anyway. So what you said, Nyla, um, mm-hmm. with labeling, I actually was having a really interesting talk- conversation and, and I was talking to a queer friend and we were like, we believe that the need for labels was actually born out of needing to label oneself for straight people. And for exactly. heteronormative society. No, I say this all the time. <laughs> like, it's not that we need it. Yeah, I don't think anybody within the LGBTQ plus community needs the labels for people within the community. It's usually to explain it to somebody outside of the community. And I think every once in a while, it's to explain it to somebody who doesn't know whether or not they want to belong to the community. So they're now trying to figure their shit out. But generally speaking, my labels are definitely for the straights. Yeah, they're not for everybody else. Like everybody else doesn't really need it or ask for it. I think it can be very beneficial in the beginning of like coming out to be like, this is my label and I understand it and I fit into it. And then it lasts for like a year and then that's it. Yeah, and then everything you experience something different and you're like, okay, this label no longer applies. And so that's why I think in general, I don't ascribe to labels. And I think they can be kind of dangerous because they're relatively limiting, but that's a whole different topic of conversation. Um, (laughs) Um, we've gotten identification out of the way and so 
I think I kind of just want to dive headfirst into like the deep end of the pool and let's like just get this conversation going. So I think this conversation, I think this question might be easiest for Z to answer because, you know, she's the most boring one here. Ooh, but- so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but I could be wrong. Um, has your sexuality made it difficult for you to find a romantic partner? I don't know why you thought that was an easy question for me to answer. <laughs> so I would say it definitely has not. So like in that, in this like particular aspect, it definitely hasn't. Um, but I also have never actively looked for a romantic partner. So yeah. that's where it gets a little bit more complicated. For okay. me personally, I really don't feel the overbearing need to be in relationships that like how other people do um Mm -hmm. I find that it almost seems to be some sort of like innate nature that we as people in society kind of possess to want to seek out partners and be in relationships whether it ends in marriage or it's just like a long a long-term partnership and different things like that and for me personally I have never felt that instinctual nature to do that and because okay. of that, I've never been in a relationship before because I just don't see the need for one. Um, yeah. So in that sense, being straight in a way almost makes it more difficult because people, I think especially men, will automatically assume that because I'm not interested in a relationship. It is because it's based somewhere in trauma. So okay. it's like, oh, she had a bad relationship with the boy so now she doesn't want to date or her parents went through a horrible divorce my parents are not divorced like someone pitying you right like there has like there had to there had to have been like some trigger reaction that caused me to not want to date people and it's just I truly have never felt the instinctual desire to go after that right Um, and I when I googled it so like the term that I've seen is like gray romantic or aromantic in the sense Mm -hmm. that how people have like sexual attractions and like desires there can also be in a sense um a scale of romantic desire and attraction and for me I feel like physical attraction is very easy for me to understand but romantic attraction is something that doesn't really click in my brain I feel how it does for other people so I mean I also think that like I think that romantic companionship is very socially structured like I think the need for companionship like intimate companionship transcends romantic relationships I find Mm -hmm. the most I've had periods of my life where the most intimate relationships that I had were my friendships and I fully believe that there is some sort of like yes I I agree that I necessarily will be more driven towards a relationship because I've also because I've experienced romantic relationship and I was like oh I like that I'm gonna go I'm going if I feel it again do I'll that go again so, yeah not right not to say, I'm not here to debunk a romanticism I think it's completely true and valid but I also think that we do we do live in a world where it's very socially driven like you grow up watching rom-coms you grew up watching like the girl trying to get the guy and it's right. all like you, you're kind of like going through this rat race where the end of the goal is just marriage or a baby yeah. I you definitely know? get that because like Nyla knows romantic books love that shit romantic movies and music watch all that stuff listen to all that stuff all the time and like I love romance I think I'm one of the only people who actually likes Valentine's Day I think it's a cute holiday as a concept as yeah. a concept <laughs> like I think it's also cute like I love it but like when applying that to myself I'm like no it's not really applicable it doesn't feel <laughs> yeah. applicable right it doesn't feel applicable um, I think I 
I don't think I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum. Like, I don't think I'm super romantic. But what I have realized about myself is I tend to approach my romantic relationships in a kind of all or nothing capacity. So I'm very, very into you or I'm not into you at all. And I find that in the past, a lot of the times I have been less interested in people than they have been interested in me. And then it creates issues in the dynamic because, you know, then one person wants way more out of the situation than the other person does. Um, But I don't really think that that has anything to do with my sexuality. However, what I would say, um, the ways in which my sexuality have influenced um, my romantic relationship is I grew up in the Caribbean, I grew up in Barbados, and I don't think it was super okay, especially like when I was realizing that I liked girls, because I think I... I think when I started thinking about romantic relationships and like sexuality as a concept and everything, um, I thought about it with girls first and then I thought about it with guys after. And so I think when I was growing up, it felt like something I wasn't allowed to do because there was nothing that said, you know, being like being into girls as a girl is okay. And so then I had an issue with grappling with my sexuality as a whole, which made it harder for me to be able to connect with other people in general on a romantic level. Um, I remember I never really fully came out, but there was like this one period in my life, it was maybe for six months where I didn't want to dress like a girl at all um, because I thought that that's how girls that liked girls dressed, not because I actually didn't want to dress like a girl. It was just that, it was just that I it's thought, like well, that you know, if I, homophobia. Yeah, it's like, I it was like, be a girl, a girl, I have to look like a guy. Exactly. So that. it was that whole thing where it was like, if I like girls and I want people to know that I like girls, then I have to dress less girly, which is not applicable to my personality at all. Like if you see my wardrobe today, it just, it doesn't <laughs> right. correlate. But, um, I remember I went through that period and I remember my mom asked me about it. She was like, what the fuck is up with you? And I was like, I think I like girls. And my mom distinctly said, oh, you know, it's just a phase. Here we are several years later. (laughs) The phase is not ended. Um, But it's like one of those things where I'm pretty sure if I'm dating a guy, my mom and I have conversations about it all the time. If I'm dating a girl, it never comes up. And I think that's how the culture is in the Caribbean for the most part. So I Mm -hmm. think that would have definitely, especially in my more formative years, it would have definitely like had an impact on my romantic relationships because I never felt confident enough in my sexuality to go out and, you know, pursue a romantic relationship because it felt like something that I wasn't allowed to do. And then when I realized that I was interested in both guys and girls, it was kind of confusing because I was like, you are mixing yourself up now. And then it turned into this whole thing where like, I've probably been in, I've been in more romantic relationships with guys than I have with girls, but I've had more sexual encounters with girls than I have had with guys. And I think that that in itself is like some kind of internalized homophobia, because I know that like, it would cause an issue if I were to bring a girl home. Whereas like, if I, yeah, whereas if I brought a guy home, it wouldn't be as much of an issue. So like, they might not like my boyfriend, but they wouldn't not like him because he was my boyfriend. Whereas they wouldn't not, they wouldn't like my girlfriend because she was a girl, you know? And so I think that even now, as I am a grown ass woman and like, you know, in this whole phase of like, yes, own your sexuality and da 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 I still think there's things that I'm working through where I'm like, you know, it's okay for you to want to do every single thing that you do with a guy, with a girl, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. 
and it isn't applicable to my current relationship because my man is definitely you know a very heterosexual straight <laughs> um very masculine man's man's man definitely <laughs> yeah. a man's yeah. man, or whatever but um yeah I think that's some work that I have had to do so and that I'm still currently doing yeah of course it's like it's a complete process like I think and I think that every time I level up in gayness I discover a <laughs> deeper level of like layered homophobia that I didn't even realize I had or because yeah. also I've been, finding, I've been exploring because my partner is a non-binary identifies as a non-binary lesbian so yeah I've been I've been experiencing very close to me someone who like really is grappling and grappling that's a word right yeah Yeah. grappling with like gender dysphoria and exploring their gender and it's really allowed me to explore mine so I think that you're constantly like you're constantly shuffling pieces around and being like right what is this picture now it's the same tools it's the same pieces of me but it's a completely new thing I don't know if it's my sexuality has made it difficult I think it was definitely like growing up and like spending my formative years in Barbados because I was born in Trinidad but moved to Barbados around the time when Nyla and I met um I love that we ended up being two of the queers in the classroom by the way that was great like it was just we were equally kind of bossy and like we were like very similar in that way and then we ended up being but um I think that growing up in Barbados there was a very like it was rife like you knew that energy really wasn't tolerated for me at least like not necessarily yeah. in my immediate family I feel like my my family has been very open and understanding I think they were shocked by it when I did come out but that's because I, I really like subscribed to the idea of femininity as a child and I like pushed all my tomboyishness away and all my mm. need to want to explore my presentation as a child I didn't understand I didn't have the vocabulary or the tools to like build that Exactly. So I think that it was difficult to find a romantic partner in Barbados because yeah. it's just so small and everybody's know everybody. My first girlfriend, I I had when I was like 17 and we met in fucking Harbor Lights, like, like typical thing. <laughs> and it was yeah. just very, I mean, it was, it was a lovely little semi, I feel like all first gay relationships are like, they so Fiery. they're mildly I'm not gonna lie they're mildly traumatic I'm not even I was about to say so traumatic yeah. like like you can't even help it it's not even her fault like I don't think it's her fault at all mm. I think it's like I think your first gay relationship starts out as this like fiery ass thing six yeah. months feels like two years and which it was and you break up three times and you get back together three times and there's so much trauma that's there because you're picking apart so much shit you don't like there's shit you don't even know that you haven't even yeah. faced I was, 17 years old fresh off the coming out boat mm-hmm. and I was projecting a lot of shit onto her as well and I was dealing with lots of anxiety and it was just a very traumatic time so that was difficult but isolated from that when I came to London I was like whoa gays everywhere like it's really <laughs> really okay and I just turned and there yeah. was like fucking quiz everywhere I just I turned, feel I like I just feel like when not only like with my family because I feel like at the end of the day, I know no matter what, my parents love me. So even if I decided, like a lot of my homophobia is internalized and that's because of the society that I grew up in. But mm-hmm. whether I talk to my mom about my my same-sex relationships or not, I feel like at the end of the day, if I was like, you know, this is who I'm happy with, um, it would, like it might take her a while, but she would come around, you know what I mean? But I feel like it wasn't even just about um, my family I feel like it was also about just like 
the community that we were in, like even at school, the way that people talked about gay relationships or the way that like a guy who was too feminine got called like a bullet or a five or whatever. Like the the culture is just so, you know, geared towards homophobia as opposed to anything else that I felt like you had no choice but to have those like first gay relationships that you had be a little bit traumatic because not only were you picking yourself apart but you were being picked apart by other people and then you were picking your partner apart as well and I remember I came away for school I came away to university in like 2016 and uh, it was like a whole new world and it's not to say that Arizona is the most like progressive state in the United States or anything, but realistically yeah. speaking, in comparison to somewhere like Barbados, Arizona's marginally better. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. it as it relates to like gay relationships and like the LGBT community. I remember I was like in a club my freshman year and I met like a bunch of like gays and I was like, what? What's <laughs> happening? So you are like, holding hands and you're two femmes and nobody cares and you're like not afraid that somebody's gonna say something what is going on or like look you up and down funny exactly or you're not afraid that somebody's gonna call your mom and be like your daughter yeah your daughter's a dyke what's going on yeah i'm confirm kissing a lady right now (laughs) (laughs) like yeah It's kind of weird to exist parallel because I also think that like I've been talking I've been thinking and talking a lot about identity as well this year Mm -hmm. in particular I think identity has been something that we've all had to explore like we've been in a pandemic and for the first time in however long some people I have had many years we had nothing to do but look in the mirror physically literally and metaphysically like metaphorically yeah. And, and analyze ourselves and one of the things about identity that I find really fascinating is that my ability to hold myself as a Trini as a West Indian person who's in London and accept that there are parts of myself that have been born from two places and yeah. it's very it's, I still catch myself being in London being like wow this shit is happening around me and I'm like I've grown so much and oh I but I, I feel like I call myself on that too and I've been doing a lot of it like this year as well but I did a lot of it last year I feel like 20 and 21 were just you know, a, like two years where I did a lot of work for myself in general. And I feel like even now I'll catch myself doing something or I'll catch myself judging somebody for something. And I know that the judgment is securely from a place of like the fact that I'm from the Caribbean. So I'll see somebody yeah. doing something and I'll be like, yo, that's some white people shit. That's some American ass <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh-uh. but then I'm like, yo but like they're living their life and they're having a good time and what they're doing is in no way adversely affecting anybody else so like at that point it's not on them to check themselves it's on me to check my judgment and there's some there's some shit that I'll never do you know ever um Mm -hmm. and that's just like preference based or you know culture based or whatever but generally speaking unless something is like you know really affecting like a sector of the population or a set of people or even one person in a negative way then the way people live their lives is really none of your business and a lot of the opinions that you have on the way that other people live their lives is very much based in like your perception of self which you project onto other people oh completely yeah wow we could that's a rabbit hole we could go down for a long time (laughs) (laughs) for sure um so I have as a flamboyant bisexual (laughs) have been in um romantic relationships with males and females 
Rosie is now uh, secure gay, but I'm pretty sure you've also been in romantic relationships with Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to question if you find the dynamics of your relationships with your partners to be different um, based on like the sex or the gender of the person that you're with. So like have your male to female relationships been very different from your female to female relationships? Yeah, I think my male to female relationships were very surface level as well. Like I haven't been in a relationship with a guy since I was like 16. And also they were all very like they were just it was it was just at a time where I had so much going on in myself that I had to discover that I couldn't commit to another person. Like there was no part of me that was fully invested in those relationships. And I'm I'm just aware of that now. Like mm-hmm. there were people I definitely cared for people 100 percent. But my ability to hold space for anybody else but myself when I was a teenager going through a lot of turbulent shit at that time it was just I just couldn't hold space for other people and that's completely fine the male female relationships that I've had in the past it was literally purely me trying to figure out because I was just like I Mm -hmm. know I like because that was something that was so far out for me like I grew up and I just I was like nah that's reserved for Ellen DeGeneres like that's not me that's not I can't do that that's only somebody on a television on a box in in, in my tv could do that and I think that I oh I repressed the gayness so hard like so hard and I really convinced I found my I found a little letter my mom sent me a letter that was like a capsule letter that I wrote when I was 12 or something and I was like, who's your husband? And like, I was just like, it's so off. It's completely wrong. I really had a, this whole idea that I was going to grow up and get married to a man. But I think that the male-female relationship that I had, I was purely, and this is going to sound sad, but I was genuinely using it for validation or for some sort of proof. Like, yes, I like guys. I like guys because I have a crush on this guy. And, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I want to kiss him. And I realize I like to kiss my friends. And I get friend crushes. I do guys. kiss I, my friends. I'm not going to kiss, kiss my myself. friends all the time. Oh I my always God. say, that's my mantra. Kiss your friends. Like, I say this all kiss the time. Your friends. And that's what I'm saying. Like, the same companionship. Like, the intimacy of friendship yeah. is so beautiful. I think that a lot of men don't really understand that. Like, they don't really understand that as a full-blown dyke. I can enjoy having an intimate friendship with a man. I think that that's yeah. beautiful. I love to cuddle my guy friends. I love to be physically affectionate with them. That doesn't mean I want to fucking sit in your dick. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not speaking, into that. I feel like I am a physically affectionate person in general. And I, I feel like this is off topic, but I feel like sometimes it, I don't want to say it gets me in trouble because the way that people interpret your actions should not be your responsibility. However... I feel like there have been times where it has gotten my ass in trouble because all of my friends and like the friends that I currently have and the friends that have stayed in my life through the years or the friends that are I consider like my chosen family or whatever understand about me that I am Mm. just that's me like I talk and I touch and I'm a physically like I'm a physical person but I feel like Mm. I definitely had friendships especially like when I was in maybe sixth form or like fifth form like you know those periods where people definitely took my physicality as interest that wasn't there and it got me in sticky situations like it got me in it got me in situations that I didn't want to be in and then it made me feel responsible for those situations even though those situations were never my responsibilities so 
yeah it's but got that's me in situations where guys where like that honestly and this is something I can say now after like years later but it got me in situations with guys where consent was like a gray area it didn't exist because, no but this is what I'm saying this is what I'm saying like the consensual as- aspect of it looks like, like it felt too fuzzy and too gray and it was literally because of misinterpreted lovingness yeah. and like friendship and I'm yeah. like you know it, it <sighs> but I, I feel like I've literally had these exact situations like take take like how we party in Barbados for example right mm-hmm. like you go out with all your friends and you go out to Harbor Lights and everybody gets trashed because you know everybody around you and you feel safe around your friends but then like all of a sudden one dance is one dance too many and you're outside in the Harbor Lights parking lot and you're like I never I don't know how we got here like I never yeah. agreed to be here you know yeah. and so I feel, like, I, no I feel like I completely understand yeah. you when you say that you know intimacy in friendships can exist outside of the realm of like your sexuality or even like you know sexual interests or anything like that but I feel like a lot of the times it's hard if you're not if the person that you're with doesn't explicitly understand who you are as a person like if that friend doesn't particularly understand that you know this is who I I am and this is what this is and all it is I think men fully manipulated that with me because I think that they saw and I think they saw me as a conquest because I was starting to realize that I was gay even Mm -hmm. even at the age of 17 even after this relationship with my first girlfriend um like they saw me as a conquest of like she is she says she's a lesbian but like I could probably fling she or something because she danced for me giving you a dance like what do you know where we're from I think female to female relationships have been like a fucking I think that there's oh I don't know I don't know if it's because I've like I've finally been able to grow myself and mature and I have certain standards now um yeah like love and and you and I were talking about this just kind of in our personal conversation the other day where we just have finally kind of been in a place where we have a level of mutual respect and understanding and love and trust in our current partnerships that I haven't had previous in my gay relationships like I I think I kind of came into the the proper gay scene in London thinking like wow like 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 girls loving girls is beautiful and it's amazing it's magical and like it is but it has also comes with so much trauma yeah and Um, also because in general whether it's girls loving girls or guys loving guys or women loving men or men loving women people are still people people at the end of the day and they're gonna there's gonna be all kinds of things that walk into a relate that you walk into a relationship whether that's trauma whether that's your own shit that you're working through whether there are different levels of manipulation that you're working through um so I feel like when I first got into like you were saying when I first got into the girls loving girls um hype and I was yeah. like, oh, gee, this is so great. I thought it was going to be all rainbows and kittens and just a good fucking time. And then I was like, nah, some of these bitches are manipulative as fuck. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did they hide that? They smiled at me and I panicked. And my, my heart, like, dropped to the floor. And now it's eight months later and they're manipulating the shit out of me. And I don't even yeah. really like them going, like, what? No, I completely understand that. And personally, as it relates to like my male-female relationships versus my female-female relationships, I feel like generally speaking, and I know this is such a fucking stereotype and I generally don't like to buy into it, but in my personal experience, there's a certain level of like gentility that comes with my female-female relationships that I don't get 
with my male-female relationships. And I'm just going to explain it as this. I feel like a lot of the time in my male-female relationships, I am, I am not the dominant person in the relationship. Yeah. Like, it's definitely more of a dominant versus submissive type vibe in my relationships where I am the submissive not necessarily like consistently or 100% or 24-7 like it's not that I'm not able to express how I feel or anything like that it's just that I feel like I automatically take a more submissive role in my relationships with men versus with my female relationships while I might not be the dominant person I'm also not submissive completely you know what I mean there's just more of a even playing field and I feel like generally speaking even when we're talking about friendships like you were saying before there has been a level of what I would say I I like I think I would call it manipulation but I'm not sure that that's the exact right adjective but there's been a level of like manipulation in my male female relationships where the way that I have acted has been misinterpreted by friends or acquaintances or even the person I was with that got me in situations where I had to question if it was me doing something wrong or leading somebody on when the reality of the matter was there was just no right like no significant level of understanding in the relationship and so then I got into these situations that I didn't necessarily want to be in and Mm. so I find that the distinct difference with like the dynamics in my male female relationships and my female female relationship like my girl on girl versus my guy on girl relationships is um how I would say how I feel like in my girl on girl relationships especially like the most recent ones that I have had I have there's been like a greater level of like softness in the relationship like there's been a greater level of Mm -hmm. understanding and I don't know if that's because I date other bisexual girls or whatever whereas we're like we can meet each other on like the same playing field and be like you know what I understand what your trauma looks like because I've had Mm -hmm. to navigate that same playing field so we can work on this together whereas like when I'm approached and I'm not speaking about my current relationship because in my current relationship there's a whole load of understanding and like communication and whatever and love him for that or whatever but um (laughs) in like my male like my girl on guy relationships generally it feels yeah yeah, my heterosexual relationships it feels like a lot of the time like whatever it is that I'm working through whether it be like my own sexuality or my you know own trauma or whatever it is like you know all the things that you bring into a relationship I feel like I'm more working on it by yeah I'm more working on it by myself before like I have to work on the stuff with the relationship while like with my girl on girl relationships I'm like we're working on a whole bunch just a whole host of things together yeah it's a lot more of a whole experience it's like very integrated I think even with my current partnership I think there's a lot of expectations that like because Noah is quite mask and androgynous presenting because of Mm. like they're very much like lanky androgynous non-binary king um that they are I think that there's a lot of expectations that I'm submissive in the relationship or I'm like there's like this is this is and it's, it happens a lot of butch femme relationships as well it's like oh so you're yeah. a guy oh so you're just yeah. right great. that's literally a straight person computing it and literally translating my experience into their mm-hmm. understanding and I'm like no 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 the two are not the same <laughs> trust me when I say that this is a completely different experience also 
like it has nothing to do with how you present based on there are submissive men in the world there are soft yeah. boys in the world. and so I think, don't I think part it, of the you know? I think part of the you know like part of the me presenting as submissive in my heterosexual relationships is partially just because like that is just like my automatic thing when I'm in a heterosexual relationship like yeah generally speaking I'm a bottom and so that carries out in my relationship I'm such a top I'm a service top bro I'm such a bottom it's not even funny like (laughs) I'm pretty sure sure that I'm a brat that's what it is yeah I get that I'm pretty sure there was like a period in my life, like for like a solid like year and a half, where I just existed as a pillow princess within the LGBT community. No cap, like I'm not even gonna front. I just <laughs> existed as a pillow princess. <laughs> it, like, like, was, yeah. it just it was, was what it was, and I was dating a lot of butch girls. That's what it was, <laughs> and so I was dating a lot of. I think I dated like a touch me not for like six months, and then after a while, I was like, no, I can't do this anymore because <laughs> yeah, I do want to be but, <laughs> yeah but um generally speaking I am like bottomy slash a bratty so that's why my relationships um with men exist in the way that they do but I think like the danger with that can be like it's all well and good to be a bottom and to be a brat or whatever but like if you don't feel like you can still communicate how you're feeling then that's yeah. where the issues arise so realistically speaking in any healthy like brat dorm relationship or like bottom top relationship like there should still be a level of like you know this is where we meet in the middle and you express how you're feeling and what you're happy with and what you're not happy with or whatever and this is what we need to work on but if you are in a relationship where you feel like you can't vocalize what you're feeling or what isn't working for you that is where um it gets dangerous and it gets murky and the gray area starts and I feel like before the relationship that I am in now I kind of had that where like I didn't feel like it was okay to be like you know this is how I feel and this is what isn't working for me and why don't yeah and why don't I feel like I can talk to you about things and why do I feel like I'm in this relationship alone whereas Mm -hmm. like now all we fucking do is talk (laughs) (laughs) and don't you love that also I do I do top relationship because it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> Stop! You're not in this. <laughs> no, I just came in and laughed. Um, we literally fight to top. Sometimes it's really entertaining, but like I think it's I think it's great because I think that that is also I think it's also regardless of it of whether you are in a whatever your personalities are sexually or mm-hmm. in the relationship because you definitely give me bottom vibes for like what you'd be like in the bedroom but I think you have quite a top like assertiveness that you're like right so that's what I was that and I think that that I think that that's what has gotten me in trouble with men in the past because like I will totally let you talk me in the bedroom and then we'll get out of the bedroom know your place and you're surprised that I have opinions and I'm like no 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 like what also men have the assumption that like women are a blank ass slate and that their ideas also your sexual and so this is what like your sexual identity and like your identity outside of sexuality and sex are not necessarily the same thing and I really wish people would understand that not even just men but like within the LGBT community as well like mm, I just giving me very much not understanding I yeah I can't Zia have you had like 
similar experiences and male female experiences like do in just in like literal interactions like because I feel like men can carry themselves down to interactions and like physical how they hold space can be so domineering sometimes and expectant of like that as even well. just in day-to-day life yeah exactly <laughs> oh and I feel like a big part of that is how I was raised and I mm-hmm. think because I had a conversation with my dad the other day and he was talking about how with my older sister how he was very like pushy because she was a girl about Mm -hmm. making sure that she was very like assertive and I think maybe like overly assertive and he kind of admitted that he think he pushed it a little bit too hard and I think with me he was trying to get I guess more of that like softness balance in that So for me, I don't think I've ever walked into a space and like felt necessarily intimidated by men. And I think a big part of that as well, because my experiences are so different. When Mm. men start talking about romantic relationships or things like that, it's very easy for me to be like, so we're at the end of the road here. It was great (laughs) speaking to you. Like, this was fun. Like, and like, I'm kind of like, I'm out. Um, I will say that um, once again, I always talk about this on the podcast. This will probably be my fifth time mentioning it, but like male friendships has always been something that's very like elusive to me. I've never had like a long-standing male friend, and it always seems to end in some sort of dynamic where they view the friendship almost kind of like the gateway to the relationship. Yeah, and like if that's how you're viewing this friendship, it's not gonna work. Um, because I don't. If I if I wanted to date you, I feel like I I would I would have said that. Like I feel like exactly being a very assertive. And if I wanted to date you, I would have said that. If I wanted us to be sleeping together, I would have said that. I made no indication of any of those things, so I don't understand how A plus B equals G. Like that's not how that works. Um, So. you skip you skip like 20 different steps and I feel like just kind of like when you view I feel like when you view the world kind of differently from that way where like we're not viewing people necessarily as potential partners it's very easy it's a lot more easier for me at least to deal with it on a more logical level I think sometimes that there is a lot of like emotional like because there's so much emotional vulnerability an emotional entanglement in relationships especially when we're looking at them to be romantic or like sexual that we can sometimes ignore kind of like some of these red flags or maybe someone is very domineering but because we want to make a situation work we are willing to try like in a way um betray ourselves to try and make things kind of work and fit in together because it's something that we kind of want to see for ourselves (laughs) and because for me and because (laughs) I've never had that innate desire to do those things when I feel like my when I feel like people are attempting to assassinate my character I get very like offensive very quickly and I am very quick to be like, what you're doing right now, this isn't, this isn't going to work. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be offensive in like an outwardly aggressive sort of way. But I yeah. feel like, and I think maybe sometimes I take it a little bit too far, but 
if if you're annoying me and if I feel like you've said something that's like offense well like even like very offensive to me like as a person as a character I'm very yeah. quick to be like but we don't have to talk anymore we don't have to hang out anymore we don't have to do that I don't have to call you, you don't have to call me it's we're fine. not gonna do I think it's yeah. funny because so, like, I've seen you do it but like yeah and like so like in a, I feel like a good example so the last male friendship that I had there was this thing where I'd be trying to call like all of the like he would maybe call I would miss the call I would call maybe two seconds later not pick up I would call maybe a couple more times and then they like wouldn't like answer my calls and I'm like you literally just called me like two minutes ago and like you're not answering my phone calls now and then it would be like days where I'm just like trying to figure out like what's going on and I kind of realized and this one took me a little bit longer but then I kind of realized I was like why am I running behind you like I am your girlfriend trying to yeah. like track you down. I'm like, I'm not your girlfriend. I'm not your emergency contact. I don't have the number for your mother in case this is a kidnap situation. I have to call someone. Like I don't have to like, I don't have to be doing this. I don't have yeah. to be running behind That's your you. Goal to so, and if it is he in his mind, he could right. talk. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, so you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna not do this. So I just like didn't call anymore. I didn't call. He didn't call. And that was like the kind of end of that. And then he DM'd me on Instagram on my birthday. I laughed and I like kept it closed. I was like, we're not for why. Yeah. We're not doing it. So, like, I, feel, I just feel as though so, because you brought up the topic of um how you were raised, I think that that's very prudent in general, just because I feel like you and I were raised very similarly, but I also feel like your experiences with people of the opposite sex or even people of the same sex alters like your perception of certain situations, even if like the way you were raised opposes like your current actions, you know what I mean? So like, for example, if we look at like me that you were currently that you were dragging just now like if you look at me <laughs> from two years ago where I was like just in a bad situation you know what I mean and like I was in a bad place generally speaking with my mental health not even just my relationship but the way that that relationship and that though all those situations in like 2018 and 2019 went down would have definitely like shaped my interaction or affected the way that I interact with people moving forward you know what I mean and so I feel like a lot of the time like trauma exists in the body and we're not even like actively working to work through that trauma and so then it just exists and then it alters all your other interactions so for example after I got assaulted I was very 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 cautious for a like a significant period of time about how I interacted with men after that because um it just felt like as much as like in my mind, I know that the fact that I got assaulted is in no way on me. It felt like there were actions that I could have taken to have avoided that particular situation. You know what I mean? And I should never have to feel like that. But at the end yeah. of the day, like it is what it is. So I think like there's so right. many things that tie into how you feel about or how you interact with the people that you like come into contact with and then how you feel about the relationships in your life and so for example with you Z because like you've never had that like innate feeling to go out and like pursue romantic relationships like there's nothing that changes the way you interact with people like you still interact with people on the basis of like how you were raised whereas 
Like I've mm-hmm. been in like a shitty relationship since being raised by my parents, which yeah. completely altered the way in which I like view and interact with men, but not only men, like relationships in general, you know? Yeah. Also, I mean, also should see friendships, also should see like any, any layer exactly. of it as well. Even going back to the, actually it's funny enough, the way you said trauma lives in the body. I don't even know. I'm still trying to figure out what trauma this is that did face me um, in my, like the first gay relationship that I had and the shit that was coming up mm. then. Um, but I do remember for some reason and this was quite funny um, this is the first time I actively was like right okay I'm very much it's quite I'm very much a person that was like I hit a point where I'm like right it's time to go back to therapy and I go and I'm like I walk into the thing with my notes and I'm like I have a goal in this and I'm very like driven yeah. in therapy I'm like I'm like I don't I don't piss around I don't waste money I don't go mm-hmm. there and like sulk for an hour like if I go in there I'm talking to the person and I'm getting through it but, yeah it actually the first time I actually was like yes okay and as a like a conscious decision I was like yes I need to go to therapy was because of my first gay relationship every time I saw her I threw up to the point that I was scared to eat and I ate it I remember this one time her sister was driving me to see them like in Barbados and I ate one half of an orange in the car because I literally would wait until like five seconds before because I was like right okay I can eat now and I ate half an orange and I threw it up when I got to the house and it was an orange like citrus like that's not yeah. nice to feed it coming back up and I don't know why and I and I never want to hold it against her because I really don't think it was like a her thing necessarily mm-hmm. but every time we broke up and we broke up three times typical gays every time yep. we broke up the throwing up stopped and I was like what is that about like the anxiety and it's since mm-hmm. then in my second uh second relationship slash first real long-term gay relationship um yeah and relationship in general that throwing up came back that like mm. gut instinct of like no rejection came back when my ex's like best friend you know when those like gays have that best friend that they slept with a lot and like there yep. was feelings there but they're like no we're over it it's fine we're just best yep. friends and you're like you're clearly not there's something right. still there yep started coming back when this girl came back into the picture so I do Mm -hmm. find it really interesting our body is like that gut instinct I can't ignore that now like it's been two solid relationships but like like, even like even the idea of like getting butterflies in your stomach right around some like there's like there's the whole Mm -hmm. feeling of like seeing somebody that you think is really cute or really hot and like you're a little nervous but that's completely different from like every time you're with somebody you feel sick to your stomach and I feel like in one of my relationships there was definitely that where like I always felt super anxious when I was with them and it wasn't because I didn't love them but then I would yeah. get home and I or I, like they would leave my house and I would be by myself again and I would be like oh my god I can finally breathe can again breathe. like yeah. for the first time in two days I can breathe and that was my mm-hmm. body telling me like subconsciously this is not the relationship for you and I just wasn't I wasn't in tune with myself enough to like listen and understand that you know this is not where I needed to be because I wanted that relationship to work out so badly exactly and at the end of the day like how Z said the same things from like the very beginning of the relationship the things that you kind of go Mm, do I like that are the things that you end up fucking ending up for like a year down the line two years down the line like the same issues that I had with my like most I'm going to say, I will say my first girlfriend for my first girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend for the, the long-term one. But the same issues that I have with my ex-girlfriend, I remember like sitting on the bus um, a year into our relationship. And I remember sitting down, like when things were starting to kind of go a little bit awry. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, am I happy? Like, am I, am I happy in this? Because I feel like this gut feeling is coming back and I feel like there's certain things that are returning. And I, 
and then I sat with it and I was like I literally remember in my head being like how could you think that of her like how could I held her on such a pedestal like how could you think that of her exactly and it was the same things that I kept I kept on pushing it back and pushing it back being like do we like when we're treated like this do we like when it's handled this do we I'm saying that because I'm a fucking Gemini and I have like 12 personalities but do do I like when it's like this yeah Yeah, honestly (laughs) And I realized that, you know, it is that I'm, I really admire the ability to just like <laughs> be like, just Yo, be like no, no, this is not working. I'm sorry, for me. This, is, this fundamentally is something I don't agree with. Goodbye. This yeah. is the end of like our interaction. And that's well, like, sick. I definitely feel like society kind of like doesn't teach us how to separate kind of good and bad emotions in like kind mm-hmm. of way, especially when it comes to relationships. I think kind of like how they make it sound, they make a lot of things that like the difference between adrenaline and because like the same thing like the Halsey song I just feel like there's like this difference maybe between adrenaline and butterflies and it's very easy to confuse the two two. you like get like you get like queasy in your stomach you like your stomach feels like all fluttery and funny and it's like girl like that's not love that's adrenaline that's your body having a physical reaction telling you to get out of this situation and that you Mm. need to run and especially if you haven't had like that type of introspection, because I think why it gets easier as relationships goes on is because when you're in that first relationship, you don't know to have that type of introspection. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's a first experience for you. So you don't know to look for things. You don't know that you should be like checking in with yourself about like, is this good? Is this not okay? Is this okay? And it is through trauma of experiencing when it goes bad, where when mm-hmm. you come into a new relationship, when you start seeing those similar signs again, you know that it's not like a love, ride or die, living on the edge, Dominic Toretto and Letty shit. Like it's actual <laughs> like, oh no, like I actually might, like this actually might be a problem. Like I need yeah. to this is speak very to myself and see, right. And like, I need to yeah. do that work to figure out. I'm is this something that I can get? Right, like, am I just kind of, like, feeding into, like, society's version of, like, what love should be, like, especially because... And that's why I honestly hate the the concept of ride or die shit, because why 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 do you have to like why does it have to be so difficult like why is it that to get your happy ending you have to work through all this hardship and that's not to say that there'll never be any hard shit to work through that there'll never be anything that you and your partner go through together but why does it have to be that like I have to live through all the ways in which you hurt me just for yeah have our happy ending like when does a happy ending come why have I been writing for the last five years (laughs) But I feel like that's also that that kind of ride or die mentality. It's never really like if fundamentally what ride or die is trying to say is that you stick with a person through their shit. I feel like a that doesn't hold space for your personal boundaries. That sets the tone as like your personal boundary should actually be based on this other person. And b ride or die type content and shit is always just like. You live for the cheap thrills. You live for that rush. Exactly. You live for like waking up to me. And this is not Fast and Furious. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, really we are not living on Hollywood Boulevard. We are not fucking like being filmed in, an, in a fucking like. This is not the fucking years, Sopranos, okay? bro. Like, yeah. right. what do you think this is? Narcos? Oh. I'm not playing with you. No. And this is what I'm like. Like, yeah. No, I swear. And the whole like, oh my God, just the concept of the the shit that you should go through to earn love in that sort of 
it's just it's just mm. nasty I don't like it mm. I feel like mm. now that I've tasted this sense of like mutual respect I'm really like um just decent a fucking human being a decent right. fucking human being like a person yeah. that does not only think about themselves in a relationship have I ever had that no will no. I continue having that now hopefully because <laughs> But yeah, uh, I remember, I remember, I think I was talking to Nyla about this the other day because I was talking about how, like, it's the first time that I've been in a relationship where I haven't been made to feel like the way that I like to be loved is so extreme. Or and like, my ex always right. was like, oh my God, like, you, you just, we love differently and you have to accept that. And I was like, right, but I know how you like to be loved. And I and choose I'm doing that because I love you. <laughs> because I love you. But this is just, it is just wild when you, like, it's so not but I also think I also think like I think a lot of the introspection needs to come from yourself and a lot of you need to lend yourself perspective but I also do think that the that other people can teach you things about yourself you know what I mean so it's not the responsibility of other people to treat yourself but like for example the relationship that I'm in now is giving me even more perspective than I had before on like the relationships that I've had in the past and so it's even it's highlighting to me even more that you know like that wasn't okay and like while like before I got into this relationship that I'm in now I knew that those things weren't okay even more so I'm like you know this is completely not okay like that was never okay like even the other day yeah like even the other day we were having I was upset about something and I was talking we were talking like we had a whole conversation about it and he was like you know I get why you're upset and like we can both do better on communication on that particular front and in my head I was like wait what that that happens like wow oh <laughs> you know? I, love and that. I think like going back to the concept of like a ride or a die kind of in that way because I think it kind of ties into what you just said is that like it can only work like if you even want to say that th- that concept could possibly work it can only mm-hmm. work if your partner is willing to do the work like if you if your partner is going through a bad time and you're in hard times and maybe there's like some sort of like innate struggle maybe with like emotionally or like trauma or things like that like you don't have to like leave a person because they're going through like a hard situation but if they're not actively trying to make their situation better if they're not actively trying to work through their trauma if they're not like actively trying to make sure that they're not putting their feelings on you and making you feel like you're responsible then there's no point into the relationship yeah because if we're if we're gonna pretend like the concept of ride or die is in any way healthy it has to be in a way where like you're not just drowning in your sorrows you know exactly. what I mean like you have to n- want to not be in the bad place for forever it can't be yeah, that you yeah. expect me to ride through this bad place with you indefinitely until the yeah baby. yeah like that doesn't work because I understand so. that like like shit and trauma and mental health and everything can feel all-encompassing in a moment yeah but if you see the potential and for me the key word is potential like the amount of shit me and my current partner have been with and the amount of times we both turn to each other being like how do you still love me when I'm like this like this is my and I've spoken to them and I've been like this is my this is my previous shit this is my previous relational trauma this this is my cross it's really sabotaging you like really hard I'm really sorry Mm -hmm. and the ability to like sit down and be like I'm really sorry identify what it is so that you and, and the fact that 
my partner doesn't judge me for it like they don't think my ex really was like oh my god you're this nasty person when you get like this and she didn't really mm-hmm. understand that there was anxiety in it and there was past shit in it and there were like multiple layers of insecurities to it my current yeah. partner is very it's it, it's this understanding that like seeing the potential for growth and being like I understand that it feels really like it's swallowing you whole right now but there's potential Mm -hmm. and you need to want that potential to grow and they need to want that so that's why that's what I was about to say because I feel like especially with women I see a lot of the time women fall in love with these men that have all this potential and then men never live up to the potential which causes really problems in a relationship so it can't just be about the fact that there's potential it has to be that you want that potential for yourself as well because I can't want something for you more than you want it for yourself exactly they need to want it for themselves and you need to see that potential and be like I will water this plant so that you can have a flower for yourself one day and it is for me it's for you I get to look at it and I get to exist in your garden exactly I'm not gonna come here and pick it up and take it with me and fuck Mm -hmm. off you know yeah okay so we're gonna go in a completely different direction now I think these were like the last couple questions for this episode um and we kind of touched on it earlier where we were talking about how sex sexual attraction and like romantic attraction aren't the same thing um because Z was saying like you know I can find a person attractive like I can be sexually attracted to a person I want nothing to do with them in a romantic sense and I (laughs) I completely subscribe to those beliefs um but do we all believe that sexual romance sexual attraction and romantic attraction are different and then do we think that like it plays a distinct role in do we think it plays a distinct role in like the way that we maneuver our relationships with the people in our lives whether that be like romantic or friendly or friends with benefits or entanglements or whatever so we're gonna cover that real quick and then yeah I think that that like attraction has so many is multifaceted completely like Mm -hmm physical sexual emotional romantic general energies like being attracted to somebody's energy and that's why I think a lot of my friend crushes fall into place which is where like those lines used to get blurred for me and that's when I used to think I was into guys because I'd have a friend crush on somebody and be like I'm attracted to them when in reality a friend crush for me is very much like a real crush except I don't want to sleep with them like that's literally the only two things like I'm so drawn to them and I think they're lovely and I could hug them and cuddle them because I'm an affectionate person like you say you're also an affectionate person but there's a line I think that I think that for me my sexual attraction is very vital to my sexuality Mm -hmm. I don't oh god to keep it pg I don't go for eggplants at all like I'm only like I, I just can't I can't physically no it's not for me I'm really sorry it's not for me it's just not my thing but this is not a PG I think that you can say what you want yeah well fine I want dick I just hate dick I hate (laughs) dick somehow if it's silicone it's all right and if there's like a chick attached to it it's fine but like I just I can't fuck with that so there is like a mental divide in my that I'm really trying to break down in order for myself to be a f- more fluid individual and be more understanding of queer people. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, I, I just will never, ever, ever see myself being fully 100% attracted to a completely heterosexual male. Yeah. That's just cisgendered, heterosexual male. No, like Idris Elba, like gorgeous man, of course. I'd kiss him and I would hug <laughs> him and I would talk to him in real life. But it just, it ain't what happened. Sorry. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. You, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like for sure, 
I think romantic attraction and sexual attraction are very separate um mm. because I've definitely been in a situation where I was like you know I would fuck your brains out but I hate you as a person like <laughs> I would I've never been in a situation I think for me to have a sexual attraction, it needs to be kind of like emotional, at least. Like there needs to be a mental, emotional or romantic connection. It's interesting, yeah. It's interesting, yeah, because I, I've definitely like, there was like a point where I definitely like was celibate and put like, especially like, I think it was like after I got assaulted, like I was celibate and I, Mm. it wasn't that I wasn't sexually attracted to people. I just wasn't acting on it because I didn't feel safe enough to do so but yeah I went through that phase and so like I would like see somebody and they'd be like yeah no so hot but mm, don't want to do that um and I feel like after I got assaulted I like my first like experience after I got assaulted was like with a woman because I felt safer in like that particular setting you know given that I was assaulted by a man Mm. and all of that um but then I also feel like I have this thing where generally speaking, like I can count maybe on one hand, the number of people that I've been romantically attracted to, like the number of people that I've been like, Oh wow. Like I want to date you. Like (laughs) "Mm, I could probably, I could possibly love you. Like, "Mm, yeah, I could do that. Um, Whereas like I could see somebody and I'd be like, you know what? You're really hot. And I might want to do you. Probably not. Probably wouldn't do you, but like, are you hot? Are you hot? Absolutely. Am I attracted to you? Definitely. Isn't that isn't that more like physical attraction rather than sexual attraction? Because to me, I can be physically attracted to a a person that is a guy and be like, yeah, I'm physically attracted. attracted, But I would never sexually be attracted to them. There definitely is a difference between physical attraction and sexual attraction but you can also be sexually attracted to somebody and not act on it because I've been there like yeah, I've definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. there are definitely like people who like I've been friends with or like I'm acquaintances with or I've crossed paths with and I'm like not only am I physically attracted to you I'm also sexually attracted to you but I will never do anything about the fact that I'm sexually attracted yeah, sure. which is what I think I was talking about um but generally speaking yeah I was like talking to my partner and I was like yo like I definitely feel like I'm kind of all or nothing and usually I'm at nothing when it comes to like romantic attraction like usually yeah. like, people are like oh my god nay, I'm in love with you and I'm like ah, you're gonna have to find <laughs> something else to do with that energy because I don't want it <clears throat> I don't have space don't for that so um <laughs> so I I remember like there was one point where like Z was talking about like being aromantic and I know I'm not aromantic because I've had romantic feelings for people for sure but there was definitely a point where I was like you know I could be aromantic and not asexual because I don't want to be with any of these people like I don't like any of these people like I the thought of these people in a romantic sense makes me sick however mm just physically you could you could could jump on it I definitely think that there's a difference but I do think that with my romantic attract like I think when I'm romantically romantically attracted to somebody I'm automatically kind of sexually attracted to the person like I've never been romantically attracted to somebody and then like oh but I'm not into you sexually however so when you're romantically attracted to them as well however there's definitely been like the whole I'm sexually attracted to you but not romantically attracted to you at all right and yeah, I like I've learned in society, like, especially when we keep exploring, like, sexuality more and, like, the different spectrums of, like, queerness, that 
it's so much more dynamic and complicated than you were ever taught. And like this idea of like things being like fluid and not just like one thing or whatever. And then also before I forget, a friend crush is called a squish. It's called Googled a what? It. It's called a squish. I Googled it. So there you go. So there's Never. a very horror. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I can't wait to right. use that word. I'm going to let but- everybody know. That's my vocabulary. <laughs> Right, but like even if you think of like people who are asexual, asexuals have no desire to like be in a sexual like partnership, but they can still find people physically attractive, and a lot of mm-hmm. them are in like romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. It just looks and they can different. be sexually active as well, yeah. And they can be sexually active as well. They masturbate are as well. Asexual, they do all of those sexually active. Mm-hmm. They Some can be if they want they to. Can yeah. Be. Wow. Then we're completely. They can also yeah. They can they masturbate like it, I think it's completely again it's. It's an experiential it's thing so as well. The same right. with the twin. It's coming like, from a different headspace. Sexuality is it like as it refers to like sexual experiences with other people, and then it just does it. Is it applicable to like sexual experiences with yourself? Like, would you bust a nut by yourself, but you don't want to bust a nut with somebody else, or is it? That- would you bust a nut with like, hands? <laughs> like, no. I think I think that like. I think it's completely a spectrum. Like the same okay. way that Quinn is, is not like a blank right. definition. Yeah. Like every queer experience is the same. Every mm-hmm. asexual experience, every like subcategory of Quinn is in itself aromanticism, asexualism, asexuality. Yes. Like yes. it's all an individual experience as well. So each person has maybe a layering degree or like yeah. an experience of their own that they're like, I like this, okay. I don't feel comfortable with this. From like what I googled it seems like it comes from like a completely different headspace okay so like when you're like asexual and you engage in like sexual encounters it's more about this being something that a partner would like so yeah. almost kind of yeah. like a chore or like oh. something that you just kind of do and it's I not asexual because I thought I viewed yeah. kissing guys and being with guys as a chore like I literally hated it so much I was like oh, again <laughs> <laughs> Me, yeah, meanwhile, eating pussy is like my hobby. I would put it on a fucking CV. I would be like, skills and, fair, and like, same, times. same, eating, out, yes. eating pussy. It's like, mm, it's an art, it's a delicacy, it's it's my favorite thing to do, literally. <laughs> Proceed. Let's go on and leave. Proceed. <laughs> oh, yeah. then I was also just kind of like to make a note that I feel like in a lot of times in like relationships when it comes to like romantic versus like sexual like energies, I think a lot of times we confuse sexual energy with romantic energy. And we think because we are sexually attractive to someone and that we have chemistry, that automatically means that, oh my God, now we must date because we have this yeah. great sexual chemistry. It's great. Sex be my boyfriend, be, be my girlfriend. And it's not, yes, exactly. And it's like, no. Those things was, are not always hand in hand. They can definitely know. exist in yeah, different spaces. I, it's interesting because when I first started having sex, I feel like, well, when I first started having sex, I was like 18. Let's start there. Mm. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. It's fine. <laughs> I am. I was 17. When, I first, started, when I first started doing sexual things, I was 18. But when yeah. I had sex, I was 18. I was at college. Okay. And um, I remember thinking... This is this is what the hype is about. Like when I first started doing sexual things, I was like, hmm, okay. Like I was in like sixth form and I was like, interesting. Hmm. And I didn't not enjoy it. Like I was having a good time. But like afterwards, I never felt like any kind of like fulfillment or anything. It was kind of like, 
that was fun while it was going on and now it's over and I'm kind of just like or whatever and then when I like lost my virginity which I hate saying because I think virginity is a social construct but I digress Um, (laughs) when I lost my virginity um I was like hmm like I kicked him out of my bed after I was like I don't want you here I don't like you like that like I had sex with him and I remember distinctly thinking I was so into this guy because we were dating and I remember distinctly thinking I was so into this guy before we had sex and then we had sex and I was like I don't like you literally um, like afterwards you were like ah that this, this, is what I, this is what I think men refer to as post-net clarity but I remember thinking I don't like you at all get out of my room it like it was fine it was good but I don't like you like we aren't together no mm. um <laughs> we broke and then we broke up and I was like, hmm. And then I remember the first time I had sex with a girl afterwards, I felt like a whole new person. I was like, <laughs> Whoa. I remember thinking this is the life. I was like, maybe I really am just a big fat dyke. Like maybe I'm just not that into men. Mm. And I was still really attracted to men. So I was super confused. And I mean, in my relationship now, I'm like living my best life. But you know what? Good for you though. Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like, I feel like, I don't know, men just, men just don't have the best rep, you know? Like it's just, everybody has these like awakenings when they sleep with a woman and true shit, like definitely for sure. Like sleeping with a woman is a fucking ethereal experience. It's it's definitely very different. But I also think, I also think this ties into the whole like connection between like romanticism and sexuality because or like sexual experiences because like I definitely was not in love with that person that I lost my virginity to like I may have thought I was really into them or whatever but like and the sex was like good like it was fine like I continued having sex with them after that um I don't (laughs) want anything to do with them on like an emotional level um whereas like now I I always thought that like sex and like romance were two completely separate things whereas like now where I'm like super emotionally involved with somebody and having sex with them I'm like this is the best thing since sliced bread I've had mostly an integration of the two even if it was like not a very deep emotion like romantic attraction I have had sort of an like I've, 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 I've always said that like for me to have decent sex with somebody there needs to be either a mental emotional or romantic connection um yeah even if it is just like I sleep with my friend because that's happened I sleep with like a friend but there needs to be a mental and like and some kind of platonic love there there is one chick that I was hooking up with in my first year of living in London like at this time I was going through my fuckboy stage and um Mm -hmm. I would come into work and tell the girls at work who were all fucking straight about my lesbian encounters because they wanted to learn about things a bit too curious in my mind but fine um, so I used to come up with like nicknames for them so because they would forget the girls' names. So this girl was called French Girl, still don't know her name, forgot her name completely. I know it's so You're bad, lying. Her, Yeah, I know I don't know. It's some typical French name. Like I really don't know. It's something ugh, it's really bad. But her name was French Girl for the purpose of the story. And we went on a couple of dates, but she was like, I don't know, she was this very like I just wanted to learn about her. I just found her fascinating because she was like, 
a couple minutes into our date she had like bought us all these beers and we were sitting down in the sun just drinking beers and she was like do you want to smoke and I was like yeah sure she was like do you smoke weed or hash and I was like either and she was like which one do you want and she just pulled out like both weed and hash and she was like which one do you want like I don't mind and I was like you have a fucking stock supply like what are you gonna show me like your bag of fucking drugs that you have like lists of different types of cocaine or something if I want to do that that's exactly what she was gonna do she literally, after I asked that, she was like, yeah, I used to deal coke, but not anymore. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Interesting. And this girl, nah, this is too ridiculous. She moved to London three days before we matched on Tinder and before we met up and broke up with her ex-girlfriend of eight months, three days before that. So she was a week out of like a, an eight month long relationship, which in lesbian, you know, in dyke terms is light years, yeah. fucking longer. So it's like three oh years. God, did you and- have a Tinder face? I did have a Tinder phase. When I came to London, I just purely wanted to see how many there were. And there were so many. So that's where I had my fuckboy stage. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just remember we we would like, so we'd go out. So we went on like two dates before we kissed. But I just remember that like on the third, like the second or third date when we kissed, yeah. I came back into my flatmates and they were like, y'all kissed. And I was like, yeah, but I'm just high. So I just didn't know if I kissed her because I was high. And I was just like, I was just like, I think I just kissed her because I was like a, a bit tipsy and high. And then the same thing happened, but with sex. And before I knew it, we were hooking up, but I was going back home to Trinidad for two months and she knew about this. So I told her very openly, I was like, this is just a casual thing. On my birthday, she was like very weird and like had me over, like we slept, we hooked up. And I was very like, this is where like you realize it's not, romantic at all for you because we hooked up and she was like sleep over sleep over like I'll, I'll call in sick at work and I was like no you no, need to keep I'm it your job <laughs> at like 3 a.m and I walked and I sat at a bus stop for 20 minutes instead of lying in her bed like I chose to go and stand in the cold oh, rather yeah. than right then lying get and cuddle and I was like this is just purely and then afterwards she would like get drunk or high and then be like oh I want to be with you da, 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 da. Oh, I, I hate like, that I got the ex so fast dog I was like I'm gonna go to Trinidad and forget about this she threatened to tattoo her, her number on my ass or something so I wouldn't Ooh, forget it yeah. please Nyla please so I have yeah. I currently have yes a man who has my name and my middle name tattooed across his chest <laughs> why dog like okay, to your story so about a month into dating no 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 so we dated um he was like the person I lost my virginity to or whatever but he's like a grown-ass man went through like his whole whole phase throughout college or whatever he's like five years older than us um and he wanted so we were together and then I came to college and then we broke up and then he came to visit and I lost my virginity and then I didn't want to get back together but the sex is fine like it was good um but I wasn't like emotionally attached to this man and then I started dating my ex the ex um oh no my ex and I became friends and we were friends and I was still hooking up with like this guy that I had lost my virginity to and then at some point my ex and I started dating and the guy that I lost my virginity to got married somewhere in there to some girl married yeah, he got like married. Wed. Yeah, like he got wed. married to some girl somewhere in there. And then um, I remember I was super pissed about it because they got married on my birthday and he invited me to the wedding. And I was like, why would I come to the wedding? This is psycho, Nyla. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what is he going to... He was your birthday. This then my ex, done. 
and then my ex and I were were my ex were my ex and I together they I don't remember anyways that's negligible but this man got married and then six months after being married he got divorced because he realized that he was still in love with me and Da, 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 da. and he wanted me back blah 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 whatever and then at some point in there my ex and I were together and then broke up and shit got messy or whatever but then stupid ass me who just like you know I <clears throat> I think I was just like in that phase of my life where like I didn't want to sleep with new people so at some mm. point I slept with this man that I had oh. to and I was we like had sex and then I was like getting dressed to leave. And then I like chest <laughs> real close. I looked at his chest real close. Cause like, obviously like I was drinking when we hooked up. So like, I wasn't really paying that much attention to like, cause he has a lot of tattoos. I wasn't really paying that attention to like his new ones or whatever. But then I, I was like bending down to like put my pants on. And then I like was eye level with his chest. And I was like, <laughs> what? And right there, Nyla Amira scrawled across this man's chest. And I was like, Hmm, when did you do that the top two and he was like you know just I want you to understand that like I you're my right of guy (laughs) I'm in love with you and like I always will be in love with you and there's never anybody that would ever come across that like come come like above that so that was like the first person that ever proposed to me and there's a whole other person at my 21 years of age I've been proposed to twice it's actually quite ridiculous Jesus Christ. Yeah. But here yeah, I was flexing that I left across his chest. And not, and not like a, we were in a relationship and we both got tattoos type of way. Like he got that tattoo when we weren't even together. Yeah, he did that on his own accord. Yeah. Man was very confident. He was like, this is for you. He was like, he was like, this is what's going to Why do people think that's a gift? Like why you go and spend money on your body and you think that's a gift to me? No, thank I you. Like, I just feel like it would have been different if like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm jokingly gonna get your name tattooed on my ass and you'll get my name tattooed on that would be one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we'd had a conversation about it and you were like, Yeah, baby, I'm gonna tattoo your name on like my shoulder. Not just your initials, your full ass name. Like, okay. But the fact that we weren't even together and then you just Nyla Mira across your chest. Wild. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, give the man props, he's very fearless. Bit worryingly so, but Oh yeah, we had to block him at we. I, when I say we, I mean me and Zia, but we had to block him at everything. It was only for the best, honestly. <laughs> Zia's like, I'm sorry. It was just the most. Well, honestly it was though, and it's like the more that I hear like the story because she's told this a couple of times. Each time, hilarious. Like it, it never loses. But like, I just kind of think of like kind of like more of the aftermath of like what was kind of happening in that situation like I just kind of feel like the whole thing was almost kind of like manipulative like oh got yeah. your name like tattooed across my chest so like, like why I are we not together I probed my yeah like I left my wife for you like I got my name tattooed across your chest like why are not why are, yeah, why are you denying my love why are we not together and I almost feel like it's one of those dumb power move things that like people too out of desperation in order to guilt you into feeling like this needs to be yeah like look look what look what i've done for you and it's like no sir you're just a stalker like that's not normal behavior rational people don't do that yeah this is not typical behavior i think we should talk about you a little bit more than the fucking tattoo right you need therapy sir and i do not want (laughs) 
as somebody who actively engages and thinks therapy is really healing and helpful you deserve that also goodbye i am actually leaving right now i'm right exactly i hope you left so longer be a part of this (laughs) this was a mistake i knew that before but now it is concrete in my fucking mind yeah my god no that was a trip and so like me and i always have this conversation and so like i'm a full believer that like people's perceptions of you are not your responsibility to maintain however every once in a while I really do have to question like what I be doing that these niggas be acting the way they be acting because <laughs> like we really try not to call names on this podcast so I won't but even like the second just have a rhyming even, one like the second man <laughs> proposed to me like that just made no sense like mm, we're not even gonna get into that I love that you've been proposed to twice. I just, the ancestry is just really strong in her, you know? I yeah. feel like the ancestors really were just like, I'm a just a little extra razzle-dazzle, you know yeah. what I mean? That's <laughs> what I think. And I see you know what King Princess said, pussy is God? She right? was talking about Nyla. <laughs> <laughs> Your pussy is God, and I love it. <laughs> it's very, it's always very confusing because... I always have to ask myself, did I do something that like made you think that this is where we were at? Like, <laughs> that this is what? justified. Like, <laughs> what, what of which of my actions made you think that I wanted to get married right now before <laughs> right. I graduated college? College. Like, <laughs> that's not making any sense to me. And so, like, even with like, you know, my current partner, we joke around a lot. I, I don't be joking. Like, I'm gonna marry that man. No cap. um we joke around about like getting married all the time like it's just like a random topic of conversation but we um we it's something that we talk about you know what I mean it's not like you randomly went out by yourself without ever having talked to me about marriage bought a ring and tattooed my name on your chest after being married to another person on my birthday on your birthday this is wild wow that's just like a certain kind of psychopathy right there that i can't understand that's a that's the beginning of a criminal minds episode you know what it really is you should be happy (laughs) that you're not buried somewhere in the desert yeah Yeah, you just you living out here on zoom it's great (laughs) i'm pretty proud of you (laughs) Who knew that being on Zoom would be actually your best life? Yeah, I just yeah. Feel like I just feel like generally speaking, though, like in society, if we're talking about like sex and romance and all these things, if we're gonna get back to the topic of this fucking podcast episode, <laughs> you're like, you're, like in heterosexual relationships, there's this idea that like men have to be the dominant person in the relationship and have to be like the deciders and the decision makers and have to like dictate the way dictate the way that the relationship is going to yes. go there's this idea that usually it's women that are more emotionally involved in relationships than men are which creates like this kind of uncomfortable dynamic within relationships when realistically i've seen a lot of men that are simps and oh yeah completely. like women women stay like women stay simping not gonna cap you know or whatever because women will generally be more vocal about their emotions but like the way that like society has like created the dynamics especially of heterosexual relationships you have all these like men that have all these feelings and because of the way society portrays like masculinity they don't like express their feelings in the most healthy ways and then mm. 
they they pour out in like this these like very extreme action. the most inappropriate ways it's like, yeah. it's just like it's just like if you had talked to me about your feelings we could have avoided all of this and so yeah like, <laughs> instead you've like, inked yourself forever yeah right but i also feel like in heteronormative like kind of like situations i feel like men because they are seen or are supposed to be seen as like the dominant person and kind of like lead the relationship I feel like sometimes there is like and I feel like this could really like apply to Nella's case there is this assumption that because I feel a she must feel b and not that I feel a and she could feel something else entirely because we're two different people but because I am the one who is in charge of the relationship and steering it where it needs to go because society's societally speaking that's kind of like where we place it like it's my job to leave if I am in love with her she is obviously in love with me and it's like that's not how that works yeah yeah and you're not entitled to that either even that whole idea like as like we were talking about earlier on even the like the gender rules play out into toxicity in queer relationships which is something that me and my current partner we had like we really sat with for a while because they had um dated so many like straight girls quote-unquote straight girls or literally straight girls that were using them as like a tokenized experience i'm straight but i'm so gay for you baby (laughs) yeah yeah straight i'm straight but like i'll fuck you because you're masculine presenting but you're not but like it's like this idea that like they'll only fuck and it's the exact same reason why i when I first came out, I thought that that's what girls liked. So I dress, I like yeah. dress a little bit more like butch. I cut off my hair as well, but that was more of a personal growth than I cut like, off my hair too. But that had very little to do with the fact that I was gay. Like, my yeah, hair, exactly. My haircut is very feminine on me, if that makes sense. Yeah, it really is. It really suits you as well. Like, I think it's even more feminizing than it would be had you been like I'm gonna grow it out to my fucking ass you know but um I think that then and then something that me and my current partner and I had to really sit with because there was so much expectation from them to like never be vulnerable never be submissive never be and there are these things that aren't they are not inherently feminine or masculine but they've been prescribed to these roles mm-hmm. from society and they and so my my partner's been through life like gone through relationships like as flings even or like like not that serious necessarily they've had one serious girlfriend before me but in their fling since as well they've gone through with this idea that like they are not attractive enough to be fucked like they're not allowed to be what are you talking about like oh my god no it literally and that's why I think that it's been like progressive for both of us Mm-hmm. to date another proper top because my ex claimed she was a top but she was not a fucking top um I but... can't like I love to pretend that I give off like to, that I give off top energy but I don't like I really am a fucking brat like yeah I have a very dominant personality like yeah as I move through life but yeah I'm a fucking brat and so yeah I really, hate, I really like I really had to grapple with that for a while like there was a while where like if anybody called me a brat I would get offended um, yeah, not, because this is like I'm top privilege as well, where it's yeah, like a I'm bad thing to be awesome. myself for who I am, but still, you know. Only about being a speech. I've also had to accept the fact that I'm specifically like there's so many brackets within it, and I'm specifically a service top. Mm. So I don't, I don't top to like boost my own ego. Mm-hmm. I top to please. Like I really am like a pleaser, and that's where I get off. Like 
So I think that because they're with like my current partner had to deal as a mask presenting person or androgynous presenting individual mm-hmm. there's in a in gay relationships there's going to be so much expectation put on you to be like completely sturdy and fucking like always in charge and always dominant and like you know I have to fucking ask permission and like there's so much shit that we had to like literally sit with and I had to say why do you think that like what is going on because this is not the case and so I think think, like that has been like my whole interest with like starting off the relationship like mini series with this like particular like subject matter because I feel like as much as we want to say like what happens in our bedroom and like what we feel inherently as it relates to sexuality should have no impact on the way that we move through the rest of our life the reality of the matter is that it distinctly like it does like it really does affect the way we move through like all of our relationships not and the way we move through like all of our interactions in life so completely they're hella intertwined you can't I feel like like many parts of life you can't fully separate them that you can isolate and this is why sometimes like I hate to separate like the sexes Mm-hmm. the two sexes that we like associate with society this is why males just like fuck up so much of the time because they view things so like separate and they don't see the interconnection I feel like the holistic and quote-unquote feminine aspect of literally viewing and like identifying mm-hmm. things in your life is a lot more of a holistic integrated approach and I view things as like, I'm constantly trying to figure out why am I acting like this? Or why am I feeling this? It is linked to something else. Guaranteed. There's no way I'm feeling this isolated. 100%. Like for a person within myself, like sexually, romantically, emotionally, this is tied to something else. And until I get the fucking pie chart, mind map aspect of it, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get it. I'm yeah. just going to be. You have to be able to view it as like a holistic concept and like the ways that it's applicable to your life at the current point that you're in fully yeah okay i think we did pretty good guys um yeah yeah this has been really fun oh my god have me whenever you want this was really entertaining i like talking (laughs) to you (laughs) okay guys so y'all know the deal baddish podcast on all uh social media platforms um rosie's stuff is locked i'm not necessarily sure that she wants y'all to follow her I mean, go through. Um, you know what? If anything, I will link it in the bio. And if she feels like accepting y'all, then she will. <laughs> right. She does have that privilege on her locked account. And you guys will hear from us next week when you tune in for another episode of the Relationship Miniseries. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.